Welcome to the Viola-Centric Podcast. We are two curious violists finding inspiration through authentic and challenging conversations in the professional music world. I'm Liz. And I'm Steph. Let's jump in the deep end. Okay, we told you we were going to watch this show. This is the second installment of the recap that nobody asked for. (laughs) We've gotten so much feedback. (laughs) All of you, I know you can't wait to hear us talk about episode two. So here we are, Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah. Season one, episode two. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Here we are. What'd you think, Steph? Well, you know, it was more of the same. <laughs> um, but I am reframing it in my brain as not a, um, uh, not like a, a tried and true representation of what we do, but like a tongue-in-cheek satire of what we do. Yes. And that's that's a good reframe, I think. I, yes, I really embraced the satire concept this episode. And if you do that, it it does provide an extra layer of humor. It's pretty funny. Yeah. 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 So that's, yes, it's a really good reframe for our recaps. (laughs) So we pick up with Haley after the audition and she's being rushed in to a meeting by Rodrigo. Dragged. Dragged into a meeting with the executive director, the marketing director. They're having a meeting about the direction of the orchestra and promotion and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so he's like, yeah, this is Haley. She's our, the newest member of our oboe section. <laughs> Cause, because the executive director and the marketing director are integral parts of that hiring process. Right, exactly. <laughs> but they say... They say, uh, why did one of our old oboists die? (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is hilarious because then the next line, they actually got something right. They're like, oh, well, all of our, all of our windwind sections been here for over two years. So you can't can anybody without approval from the union. Exactly. So finally, at least it's the second episode and we have mention of the union. (laughs) And that these people actually have protection. So there is a union. There is a CBA, it seems. That, that we didn't, CBA. We didn't learn that last episode, but now we know there's a CBA. Oh, my God. Yeah. I felt for poor Haley. I know. She's like a deer in the headlights. She yeah. walks into this meeting with all of the executives who <laughs> you never... I don't think I've ever been in a room one-on-one with an orchestra like executive director and the managing director and... You're, you just don't meet these people on a regular basis. So no, this was... no, no. They, they have nothing to do with like the, the ins and outs of the orchestra personnel. That is the most crazy thing I ever heard. But the marketing portion of this was pretty ridiculous. Like there was Hear the Hair, which Rodrigo was like, absolutely not. We're uh-uh. never using this as a marketing platform. Just like a photo of him with like his hair flying up really crazy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how you felt about hashtag Sinfony, S-I-N. <laughs> I mean, sex sells. <laughs> I mean, we are very salacious people. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's true. 
Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, I mean, all of this. Like, he, his insistence that she should be hired because she plays with blood, and then the marketing director is like, ooh, I like that blood. That's what matters. Like... <laughs> No, it's hilarious. And then and then so Rodrigo decides, he says, Ah, oh, he has this moment of inspiration. Let's change the first concert to Mahler eight. <laughs> because... Which requires five oboes. Yep. Yeah, thank God. There's a piece of music out there with five oboes in it so that Haley could get her shot. So oboes, you have to let us know. Are there other pieces <laughs> that require five oboes? Or and does do oboists just know offhand that Mahler 8 has five oboes? Is this like common knowledge? Right. Because, you know, Haley comes out, she does her happy dance, she's like so excited from that meeting, and she gets home, and her and her roommate, she tells her about it, and she's like, I'm fifth chair! And her roommate is like, oh my god, you're freaking fifth chair! I was like, is this a thing to get excited about when usually there are only two of you? <laughs> They're like dancing up and down, screaming. Gave a deep <laughs> bench of oboes at the New York Symphony. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I left. I just was like, okay, yes, fifth chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And her roommate, when she comes home, <laughs> she has to pry her away from tattooing someone in her living room. Oh god, that's right. Poor. Yeah. I don't know what this guy's name was. It's like Mike. Yeah. Your friend Mike? Yeah, Mike. Oh. It's a oh. little, little stomach turny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not advisable. <laughs> not advisable. <laughs> not advisable. <laughs> so, um, so then we're taken to a, a sexy bedtime scene with uh, mm-hmm. Cynthia and I keep forgetting it's, I keep wanting to call him Terrence McEwick. Thomas. Thomas, thank you. I'm going to remember this C. eventually. Thomas the conductor. The experienced conductor. The, the what do they call him? Like, music director emeritus or something. Emeritus. Um, and he has a recording on of a of the Tchaikovsky that he played with Josh Bell. And he's, pra- he's mimicking his own conducting in the mirror in his underwear while Cynthia's in her sexy lingerie. Do conductors do this? <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I'm sure they conduct with recordings, right? They have to practice somehow, yeah. but yeah. like in in that context. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But you know what I was thinking about this scene? That it felt very much like if you watched any other like streaming TV drama and it's like they're both lawyers or they're both doctors or whatever. Like this could be any sexy bedtime scene between a couple. Um, mm, they're talking shop. Yeah, they, like, mainstreamized the conversation to be like, yeah, this is obviously how orchestral musicians talk about their work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So funny. We do talk shop, though, just like anybody yeah. else. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Might be a little different than the way it's portrayed, but... <laughs> <laughs> but Cynthia's very supportive. Yeah, yeah. Cynthia's, Cynthia's a cool broad. Yeah. A dig she's, she's a veteran cellist. She knows the ropes. And um, she gives him a pep talk, and she's like, you're not dead. You still have something to offer. Yeah. And I love that for him. You know, he doesn't have to be feel like he's being replaced by Rodrigo. That's true. He has a different skill set. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. He just, he just represents a different voice. Yeah. 
Oh, and this next. Okay, so then we then we flash to Haley, who's <laughs> clearly neurotic about her upcoming <laughs> debut With, on Mahler Eight on her fifth oboe seat. How many notes does Fifth Oboe play in Mahler anyway? I don't know, but she's playing them over and over and over. And I'm like, sister, is this the only line that you have to play in the entire thing? She's literally playing it like a broken record over uh, and over. Probably. It's, it's the fifth part. It's probably like the end of the fourth movement and the finale when all of the instruments play. Ah, <laughs> she's just got to yeah. play it over and over and over again. Um, Although, I identify with this. Do you? Oh, Yeah. I've definitely had periods of time where I just play something over and over again, neurotically, thinking it's going to work. Right. When we both know that's not that's the way, not the, way the brain works. No. So Molly drove... Gebrian would be <laughs> yeah, horrified. Molly Gebrian would be horrified by that. We should give her a shout. She's we like, you need like... to take a break, Haley. <laughs> Practice it backwards, for God's sake. <laughs> I know that's your move. I just learned that this weekend. I'm obsessed with practice. That you backwards. are all about practice. Mm-hmm. You know what? I had a student do that in a lesson this week. Yes. I was like, practice this little lick backwards and now go forwards. And now go backwards. And, and now go was backwards. It getting again. better. It was getting better. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's like it's just amazing to me that the brain has those pathways. You know, that like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It The brain doesn't read linearly. I love that so much. It's just, oh. yeah. Okay. It can read in any direction. So like the other ones you can do, and actually, I mean, all all respect to Molly. We love, love, love you. Uh, this is a Susanna Klein thing I learned. Um, backwards, every other note you can do, like you could skip notes and then you could play the other ones that you didn't play. Any, any fast passages, um, and there's like, you can identify like the biggest intervals that you have to play, play the biggest ones, and then you can play the smallest ones. You just play it all these different ways and your brain processes the information in different orders. And then when you play it linearly, you're better at it. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. That's really, well, Haley could have benefited from that <laughs> because she wasted a lot of time playing Haley, the same way. I'm sorry we didn't get to you in time. <laughs> oh man. So she even takes it out on the fire escape. Yes. And gets like yelled at by her neighbor. Listen, I mean, there's there's some instruments I think I could handle that. I don't know if I could handle oboe over and over again. Especially the same thing over and over again. The same. I would think that I was going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a very special (laughs) circle of hell. So So next scene. Next scene we we follow Rodrigo as he goes on and odyssey of sorts where he he looks like an unhoused person yeah but can i tell you something yeah you already know what i'm gonna I say, know what you're gonna say. <laughs> i i literally wrote three hearts about this scene because i'm obsessed with rodrigo and his day i'm obsessed now i'm in love with rodrigo and he can do no wrong that's okay i'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> he still has lots of problematic behaviors but um it was like a window into his like, you know, he, he's creative and he likes to immerse himself in, in the world and he gets like inspiration from all these things and he's like wandering around and he's smoking weed and mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he's very hot. Maybe he's like a method actor. Do we know mm. anything about Mahler? Like what did Mahler do? <laughs> he was composing this symphony. Oh, he's putting he himself was... in Mahler's shoes. Maybe. You know, Mahler went to the park and, you know, played some old-timey chess with with people and and then he you know had a libation or two 
<laughs> then he rode his uh his bike symphony he rode, he his, rode bike. his bike to the symphony <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he this is like what he does to get himself prepared yes everybody's got their you know i liked it it was like it was like he took himself out on an artist date he totally did <laughs> yes this Joy is where you reference date yes it was his raw artist date yeah yep. oh my god i know isn't it great yeah no yeah. that's he won me over with that i mean i love that actor so much so now there's a scene that i can be like okay all right you're all right okay I can be into you now <laughs> great. um yeah meanwhile meanwhile back to the apartment <laughs> I <clears throat> I wrote this question. <clears throat> How many hours a day is it safe to practice the oboe? <laughs> That's a good question. Obviously, Remember, they have like, like things to your brain, right? Like the pressure when you breathe, <laughs> like they're the most likely to have like aneurysms and stuff. I'm like, does this is this like dangerous for her health? <laughs> oh my god, we need to know. We need to ask our oboist friends. Noelle, if you're listening, please, we'll we'll actually we'll actually shout you out in this. I'm gonna we're gonna find a way to get this answer. (laughs) How long is it safe to practice oboe before your brain literally blows up, explodes? (laughs) That can happen. Oh my god. Um. So they're back at the apartment. She's practicing, and her roommate is getting understandably upset (laughs) about it. Yeah. She's like, hey, yep. Rain Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so inappropriate, but hilarious. I still felt I still felt her. I still was like, you know what? I get this. Like, like that is that relentless pressure. We we do have that kind of relentless pressure on ourselves to like get it perfect you know okay and she's like in that zone in her head like the concept of stopping is like no i couldn't possibly stop like it's to the extreme which as we've identified as the case with everything in this show Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's um it's interesting i i really was like oh my god yeah like just you have to stop go hang out with your sexy Mm -hmm. guy (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is what a roommate makes her do right yes and i wrote (laughs) What I write? I wrote L- Lizzie does her roommate does what any good friend should do when you're over practicing. <laughs> she makes her leave the house to go, you know, let off some steam. <laughs> so she she literally takes Haley's phone and dials Alex the dancer, who, as you will remember, left his scarf with her. So she has to return the scarf. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. It's got to go back to his house at 11 o'clock at night or whatever time yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like midnight. But I think this was the best thing for her at this time. Yes. And also, it was the best scene. I have, like, basically no notes about the scene between her and Alex because I like those scenes. They're kind of cute. Yeah. So there's that awkward, okay, so she returns the scarf. Obviously, it's not just to return the scarf because it's midnight. <laughs> And any reasonable person would do that kind of task during the day if there wasn't some kind of expectation. Mm-hmm. Or hope. Or hope. So, yes, they hang out together. They have a good time. We meet his roommate, who's a, also a dancer. Um, but, yeah. A female dancer. Yeah, a female dancer. Just lives with girls. 
Yes. Which I guess makes sense since he's a dancer. I don't know. Is that was that supposed to be like a? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Just those are the people that you know. So you need the, to split a rent. Yeah, that energy exchange was interesting. Um, yeah, I did. I, I and of course, like the best way to get her to loosen up was to cajole her into staying for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like she had fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think she regrets it. No. Well, she might. We haven't gotten to the next day. (laughs) We haven't gotten to her actual New York Symphony experience. Being freelance musicians means gigging in lots of different places with very unpredictable lighting situations. Oh my gosh, yes. How many times have you shown up to a church gig and wondered if you'll actually be able to see the music by showtime? Many times. Or it's a cocktail hour in a restaurant with ambient mood lighting at best. (laughs) We've all been there and have used those alien looking bendy lights that only light up the top of the page so that by the bottom of the music, you're sometimes just guessing or maybe we'll call it being creative. We didn't know it at the time, but the Aria lights could have saved us lots of eye strain and unplanned improvisation. Yes, and with a rechargeable battery that lasts eight hours, you'll never have to carry backup double A's in your case. You'll just charge it up at home and take the Aria Light to your gig. The battery will even hold a charge for years between uses, not that you would go that long. Thank you so much to Aria Lights for their support this season. Please check them out at ariolights.com. Located in a historic mansion in Tacoma Park, Maryland, you might get the impression that the team at Potter Violins are as formal as the breathtaking building that they work in. But when you go inside, instead you'll find the most relatable, skilled, and friendly staff. Yes, the people at Potter's are what really make it a special place. I love visiting because I know that whoever I work with is not going to make me feel like I'm crazy or just being picky. They're kind of like your favorite bartender. They're great listeners who give you what you need without judgment. (laughs) Yes, their technicians are not only super talented, creative, and resourceful, they take the time to collaborate with you so that the process of getting your instrument at its best really feels like a partnership. So if you're in the area, definitely stop by and introduce yourself to Chris, Rob, Kimberly, Derek, Jim, Melissa, and the whole team or visit potterviolins.com to find what you need online. It's so fitting then that their shop is in this beautiful old house because the staff at Potter's really makes it feel like home. Season three is sponsored by the Arkrest. You know, Liz and I are always being asked about our Arkrests and we're happy to share how much we love them. The freedom of movement has been life-changing for me. Me too. And I love how using the Arkrest allows my instrument to vibrate fully. And depending on how my body's feeling, I can also change the placement of the bass. Although Aaron and Tigran started the company in their home workshop, they've come a long way, continuing to innovate by experimenting with harder and softer woods and even new materials like fiberglass. There are bases for violin, viola, and even for small fractional instruments. And there are foam pads of different thicknesses, so you can find one that fits your body or instrument perfectly. And the guys over at Arkrest are sharing a special discount code for our listeners. Use the code VIOLACENTRIC for 10% off anything on their site. Yes, check out their offerings at thearkrest.com. That's T-H-E-A-R-C-R-E-S-T.com. And don't forget to use the code VIOLACENTRIC. So the next scene, <laughs> we see Thomas pulling up and his, his driver pulls up to the New York Symphony because they're having a rehearsal. This is before 
the rehearsal begins and there's a big crowd gathered and they all have pictures and they're all they're hoping to see Rodrigo and Thomas pulls up he gets out of the car and there's a collective (sighs) (laughs) like not you not you Where's the other guy? I was hoping this was. Where's the other maestro? Also, can we can we talk about like the fact that there would be a crowd of paparazzi and fans outside of the concert hall to talk to a conductor? I don't know though. Does this happen like with some of the more celebrity conductors? Does does Dudamel have a have an entourage? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think I so don't either. It's not my so. inclination to think that that's the case, but I guess you never know. Who would? I'm trying to think of somebody uh-huh. like he's the most like celebrity maybe over in europe maybe yeah we are kind of less evolved in that way here yeah culturally nobody really cares about us like that <laughs> no after the show sometimes people want to see a soloist so you like hang out by the stage door right. and you wait for them to come out right and sometimes it's a lot of people if it's yeah. a very famous person but that's true that's going true. into rehearsal <laughs> Not also, how did all these people find out when the rehearsal was? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or do they just wait out there all day waiting for him to show up on his bike, which he does. <laughs> Shows up on his bike. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Thomas in this scene because Thomas I is trying too. to like, he's trying to establish a rapport with Rodrigo and like maybe be his mentor. And Rodrigo's receptive to it. Mm-hmm. But then he's just kind of like, all right, I got to go. And like leaves Thomas with all of the paparazzi and the fans mm, yeah poor thomas yeah. he's lost his assistant yeah that's his right. assistant's his assistant. now the assistant for rodrigo who's obsessed with him yeah. in a very unhealthy way still <laughs> um and then errand boy came is that what he was calling him when he walked backstage which guy was this <laughs> he's like the concert master it turns out but he comes back he shows up backstage and like hands He's, like, talking to Rodrigo, and Rodrigo's, like, calling him something. I couldn't, I couldn't tell what he was calling him. Did you, did you catch this? Oh, no, I didn't. And I then there was the nuts guy. That was the... St- <laughs> With the nuts! And, and Rodrigo chose Bonanza as the nuts that he wanted to eat, as opposed to whatever the other flavor was. Oh, there's okay. a whole exchange of like a divaness. Oh, I know. Okay, so the first guy comes up who turns out to be the concertmaster is saying like the orchestra's assembling. I'll have the, everybody on stage in five minutes. I'm like, that's not your job. Oh, I thought that was the stage director. I thought so too, but then he's sitting. I'm pretty sure it's oh. the same guy sitting in the first. Okay, we'll have to we'll have to clear that up the next time. But <laughs> I know I need to do. I need to check back in. I I swear I like. I was watching and I was like, wait, wait, I don't understand. Because I, I also swear he was calling him errand boy. Why? Anyway. I thought so it was, was Warren Boyd. Warren. Is that his name? Warren Boyd or something okay, like I that. I mean, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> than him calling him errand boy. Yeah, that's another level of uh, disrespect. <laughs> oh, yes. God. All right, this is then then we go into like the most ridiculous orchestral like dynamics that you would ever imagine. Um, Yeah. 
Although, didn't you feel a little like I when Cynthia found Haley and they were walking in together and Cynthia's like, don't worry, I'll show you where to go, this and that. Like She's being really nice. I was like, I feel like I've been on both sides of that conversation. Like, I've been the kid who shows up that's like, mm-hmm. and somebody's really nice and helps me out. And I've also been somebody who's like, oh, you're here. Awesome. Here's where we do this. And da, 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 da. Like, it was nice. Yeah. I appreciated that as someone who's been the first, been to my first gig many times and been yeah. like oh where do i go it's nice to have a little a friendly little, face yeah friendly face yeah yeah she was really good and then they ran into union bob union bob <laughs> we all know a union bob don't we yeah yeah union bob doing a lot of complaining a lot of yes. complaining especially about bathroom breaks <laughs> yes and that is true to form absolutely that's yeah, we we do really want our bathroom breaks on time. Yeah, yeah. We start to get very antsy if we don't As get As a coffee breaks. drinker, I have to say, need to be on time with, yeah. the, with the potty breaks. That's right. But it's, it's so hilarious. He, he says, he says um, we need to have an orchestra meeting because the maestro, Haley's standing right there. The maestro has said, we're going to have, op- he had open auditions over the weekend. And he wants to replace the whole orchestra. <laughs> Poor Union Bob. I didn't quite catch all that, but yeah. that sounds, yeah, that sounds like a conversation that might actually happen mm-hmm. <laughs> backstage. Mm-hmm. I think and I've heard people say those kinds yeah. of things before. <laughs> yeah. There's a backstage um, vibe that uh, is in this in this uh, show that's very interesting. Yeah, there's drugs. There's like- just being handed out beta blockers drugs whatever you need any kind of drug you need the percussionist the tympanist has it for you you need some uppers got that you need some downers yeah yeah once again you know real world guys yeah it's just like a frenzy back there whatever (laughs) you're just doing drugs left and right before rehearsal (laughs) before rehearsal okay um so they what walk. Oh, 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 so she has this spicy interaction with Betty, the principal oh, oboe player. Betty is not having it. Betty is suffering from scarcity. Let's <laughs> 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 put your coffee. <laughs> Betty does not have a sense of abundance in her life. No, she does not. So Haley <laughs> d- does what any. Okay, you're, it's your first time subbing with an orchestra. You want to go and introduce yourself to the principal player, the other section players. So she goes up to Betty and she's like, hi, I'm Haley. I'm sitting fifth chair. And Betty's like, oh, she accuses Haley of sleeping with Rodrigo to get that spot. (laughs) She's like, I know you. You're the one that slept with the conductor and beat out thousands of more qualified oboists for this position. And Haley's like, what did I just walk into? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Oh my gosh! It was I. I felt for her. Yeah. I cringed internally. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what's really sad about that is that like, I have definitely heard people in our business accuse other people of getting where they are because of how they behaved with people. But in not business. to their face. No. <laughs> no. But again, if we play the whole satire. like gamut that it's it makes sense that they would make it extra dramatic but that's a thing that people make assumptions about all the time oh yeah (laughs) 
but it sure made for an awkward exchange when somehow the fifth oboe is sitting right next to the principal. I noticed that too. I was like, since when? So we, we, they all are sitting in their respective chairs in orchestra. And we all who play in orchestra know that you sit in order. <laughs> like first chair and then uh, second oboe slash English horn, whatever. You sit in order. The fifth chair, which they're beating us over the head with in this, in this episode, is never going to sit next to the principal player. No. No. I don't know. Do they have assistant oboe? I assistant think she, principal oboe? I think oboe? she'd be called assistant. If, if that was, was what her role was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. No. So, Fifth yeah, would be all the way down. She would not have to sit next to Betty and endure that kind of abuse during rehearsal. Yeah. Betty if she was really fifth. A bee in her bonnet, for sure. Oh, yeah. She is, like, strung up as tight as, I don't know, something that's very tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is jumping ahead, but this is within the Betty context. When she's like, you're using that read. I, <laughs> I wrote... Betty is trying to nag her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Betty is a, Betty's a true bee. Um. But before but, all of that starts, everyone in rehearsal stands for Rodrigo stands for Rodrigo to come in. Because <laughs> because that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We stand up for the conductor all the time. Um, it's very military. What a hilarious concept, though, that people outside of our world probably think that's the case because we stand up in concerts for him. Yeah, that's true. That's Everybody's a very like, well, outsider that what you like, do in impression. <laughs> we don't do that in rehearsals, just in the concert. Yeah, you guys, it's, it's more, we're like taking our bow. We're just not actually bowing. That's right. the whole point. But but um, I liked Igor the parrot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So obviously, Rodrigo has a, has a shtick. And he has a a parrot that flies in to perch next to his podium. Yep. Um, And then so he asks the orchestra to tune. And of course, Betty gets all ready to tune, which is her job. And he's like, no, no, I want the fifth chair oboe to tune the orchestra. My stomach literally dropped for Haley. So stupid. (laughs) I was so scandalized yeah yeah that's crazy right that's a ridiculous thing yes yes that's ridiculous it's a like a literal slap in the face yeah and betty's already mad so of course she has to like take Haley down a peg and that's why she makes the read comment that's right that's like the oh so you're wearing that (laughs) equivalent in the orchestra world Oh, you're using oh, that read? So, so, so insane. Um, yeah, I was. I have lots of notes about this. Oh, I did. I did mention in my notes that Rodrigo apparently played violin, was in the woodwind section, and he played the harp all professionally at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. So he really knows his stuff. He's mm-hmm. like very much an expert. I mean, we'd, we've all had those conductors who like, like, oh, I know how to, I've played, I played all these instruments. You're like, sure you did. You know what they say. Uh, <laughs> about conductors? No. <laughs> about I forget, sizes? I forget the first half of this. It's like a, 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 something of many, a master of none. Oh, yes. 
Oh, I can't think of it. <laughs> Someone's screaming it right now. Yes. At us. To at us. You can add us for that one. Jack of all trades, master Jack of none. Jack of all trades, a master of none. Yeah. That's what went through my head, except I didn't know the words. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the technique of this orchestra is reflective of the prestige of the group that it receives in New York City. No. Some, there's some weak playing going on, and the orchestra is way too tiny to be playing Mahler 8. But, again, yeah. I'll suspend my disbelief. <laughs> and so he, of course, singles out the oboe section to play their little soli, and Haley craps all over it. Yeah, that sure, sure didn't go well. She actually yells out an expletive. Mm-hmm. Which, up until last weekend, I don't know if I'd ever had that experience in orchestra rehearsal for me. <laughs> <laughs> Steph and I got to hear someone drop the F-bomb in rehearsal. Oh, <laughs> it was an uncomfortable moment. It was very spicy. <laughs> it was a very spicy moment, uncensored yeah. moment. Yeah. And, yeah, the group was uh, felt scandalized. Yeah, much probably like everybody did in that in that scene. And um, also, the very, like, suggestive gesture that Betty had when she was putting her elbow away. Did you catch that? Oh, yes, I did. It was just one more dig at Haley as she left. Yeah. She's like, get this out of here. <laughs> get all of this out of here. Oh. Because it's... she would need an escort, obviously, to get off yeah, she needs security to come over and escort her out. There's some orchestra secrets that they can't <laughs> yep. they can't get let out into the outside world. Yeah, yep. that was that was so painful. Totally. She was so sweaty. So sweaty. Her hands were like so sweaty. I've been there. Yeah. I fell for her so hard. <laughs> so yeah, because Mahler 8 is not going to work, they decide Rodrigo on a dime is like, print out 82 copies of the Berlioz Hungarian March. <laughs> print it out. And then, oh, that's right. It was That was the whole setup. Like, it doesn't have fifth oboe. And Haley's like, I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did she really know that? Uh, I don't know. I don't think everybody <laughs> knows their rep. I don't know. That's really funny, though. All of this was very funny, but because he had to scrap that, then Thomas was very happy. Thomas was gloating. Yeah, Thomas to Bernadette Peters. Yeah, gloating. Yeah, he was like having a field day with that. And... Yeah, and then poor Haley. We follow her out onto the steps of whatever hall it is they're rehearsing, and she is packing up her oboe <laughs> without swabbing anything out. <laughs> just outside. <laughs> She's just... Putting away with all its juices intact. All its juices. <laughs> and that's where we leave things. We we wonder if her career is over. I know. That didn't go very well. That's Spoiler the, the, alert, there's like eight more episodes, so it's not. Or, or, <laughs> or it'd be very short times. season indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, but, you know, entertaining. I laughed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do a lot of laughing. I, I really do think that it's like, it's kind of made, other people can enjoy it for what it is, but it's really just made for us to laugh at. It might be. Yeah. It might genuinely be just made for us to laugh at. People but with enough know. like mainstreamishness that other people would be entertained. Right. Yeah. But we get all the inside jokes. Right. 
Yeah, like some there's some kids shows that are like that. Like yeah. kids are obviously entertained by some of these shows, but their parents are the ones that are getting all the inside jokes. Right. And right. all the references to when they were growing up. It's so funny. Well, we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode three. Yes. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening today. And thanks also to our season sponsors, Arc Rest, Potter Violins, and Aria Lights. Another thanks to Alto Clef Gifts, where you can purchase viola-centric shirts and mugs and a variety of other fun items featuring our beloved Alto Clef. If you loved today's episode, consider writing us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want the chance to hang with us and have access to behind-the-scenes audio and video recordings, check out our new Patreon. The Viola-centric theme music was written and produced by J.P. Wogeman and is performed by Steph and myself. Thanks again for listening. Let's talk soon.